Okay. Yeah. So, but we have to do a little intro. Okay. So, I did this in the last one too. So my producer is going to be like, what do you want me to do with this hot mess? This program is intended for mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views expressed are those of the panelists and not necessarily those of Sengents, Glamour Connection, Van Garrett Media, their respective management, contractors, or employees. This podcast produced by Van Garrett Media. Welcome to the Share Your Hotness Podcast. Share your hotness. Now, here's your host, Lita Green. Hello, and welcome to this episode of Share Your Hotness with your host, Lita Green, and my guest today, Bear Banks. And it's really cute because those of you who can't see him, he has a big, now when we met, you didn't have the big beard. Yeah, I, I was actually going to uh, run to the barbershop earlier today and then life just got in the way, right? You're gonna and, take off the beard? I mean, well, I think- not, not, I'm right not now? gonna take, yeah, I'm not gonna take it oh. off. Um, just okay. reduce it greatly. Uh, well, anyway, so, he's yeah. got this big mountain man beard, you know, and now Bear, is that your legal name? It is uh, kind of a, a funny story. When when I was born, uh, my parents, you know, when I was in the hospital, uh, Dad always wanted a kid. You know, all he used to always say, "The Mikes, Johns, Bills, Bobs, those are already taken," and so he he wanted a son with a unique <laughs> name, and and he had since he was in high school, Bear had just stuck with him, and and so I was born, I came out a boy, he was happy, and so. <laughs> Uh, and it's great yeah. and and, I mean, and so when they submitted the paperwork though uh you know to the, the the administrator at the hospital she didn't like the way that bear brandon sounded and so she actually changed the paperwork before she sent it off to the state to say brandon bear and so when my birth certificate came back to my parents it was brandon bear and they were like we don't care it's always going to be bear no matter what and so the only time brandon is used is like on legal documents uh, uh-huh. and, yeah, my wife, in fact, they wanted to be your first name. Instead yeah, of your, exactly. Your but yeah, the, the administrator didn't like the way it sounded. And so she submitted it as Brandon Bear. And she's like, that's just going to be this way. Okay. And, well, and yeah, it's nice so to have all are. the power over other people's lives. <laughs> right? you <know>? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, Bear is nice because it's easy to pronounce. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know? and, and I kind of grew into it. So and Banks, I mean, that's not a common last name. But uh, again, you know, it's just bangs. Yeah. You know, your bangs. Yeah. Just like, right. just like your hair. Absolutely. Yeah. I don't have bangs right now though, because I have a cowlick. And so, um, when I was pregnant with my son, I was like, these are too much work. Mm-hmm. I, and I, I grow mine out just because it covers your last my, name. Well, and it covers out my five head. And so your that five way, head. Yeah. It's not a forehead. Cause when it starts to recede, <laughs> it becomes a five head. <laughs> <laughs> and so I just comb it forward. <laughs> well, my grandma used to, when I'd have my hair back, she'd go, you know, like that I was a horse. Oh, geez. And so, you know, when I first started, you know, moving it back, cause it was too much work. I looked in the mirror one day and I was like, I do have a big forehead. And I was like, but I am a stallion. There you go. And absolutely. so I just re-imprinted. I mean, not that I'm a male horse, but you know. Yeah, absolutely. I, yeah. You've you got know, to own that power. Step into it. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and then I'm like, it's fine. You know, it just shows off all the brains I have, you know, there you go. Uh, or my five head, I guess. Yeah. That's pretty cute. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, and because I do makeup a lot of times, sometimes women have like these little foreheads and they want me to contour, oh, you know, right. and have like a one inch forehead. And I'm like, I can't content. You can't, you can't, you don't know. It's going to look weird. Sorry. Yeah. You don't have enough forehead to do the contouring of the I, forehead. I, I can, do. I can con, I, I just can't contour. So yeah, there you go. <laughs> I might steal that line for my, yeah. my clients tonight. There you go. Okay. So you have very interesting things that you do. Do I you do. want to introduce it or do you, cause I, I find this fascinating. You know, I, I will, I, I'm very fortunate in that I actually live in the only County in the world that facilitates and allows online weddings. Uh, and so it, it gives me the opportunity to, to, to actually perform weddings for people from all over the world. In fact, I've got two tomorrow. Uh, both couples are in China. And so I get to perform their weddings and it's amazing and it's awesome. And, and since we spoke, I've actually stepped into something in addition to, but we can talk about that later. Okay. If you want to. But yeah, well, we, we met when I was uh, presenting, um, I forgot what town you're in. I'm in Payson. Thank yeah, you. Just, I was yeah. speaking down in Payson and we met and we just had so much fun talking. And if I remember correctly, there were some eclairs or something there. Yeah, there was, there was a lot of good food. There there was some good food and I'm on a diet right now. So no eclairs for me. Right. Right. I'll have 21 and a half pounds. I'll have two of them and I'll say one of them for Lita, but great. You you do say 21 and a half pounds. That's awesome. 21 and a half pounds. And here's crazy six inches in my waist. I was good looking before. Now I'm like, Mr. Green, back off. This is right, too much right. good looking that's happening. <laughs> and he just had COVID and he's been avoiding me because, you know, the COVID. Uh-huh. And so I've been teasing him that he doesn't like my trimmer hourglass figure. He likes large figured women. And he just looks at me like I am the weirdest woman. And now he's going to be like, did you seriously just say that on your podcast? But I'm just like, I better start eating more because Mr. Green doesn't seem to like me smaller. Or, or just say, deal with it, Mr. Green. This is me. Yeah, I, I think it's because he's trying to not get me sick, but yeah, I bet ship sailed. We live together and I'm evidently, I've never had the COVID. Have you had the COVID? You know, we actually, uh, we got it, m- me, my wife, my daughter and her husband, we all literally got it on exactly the same day, uh, the uh-huh. day after Father's Day. And okay. it was the weirdest thing because the only time we had been together, the four of us was we went to dinner on Father's Day. And then like the day after we all came down with symptoms and it's like, oh my gosh. And my wife is actually, um, she's turned into one of the long haulers and she's yeah, still having the the breathing thing. The, the, The interesting thing is, is I have like all of the comorbidities, right? I'm a bigger dude. I have asthma. I have all kinds of lung problems and everything else. I literally had symptoms for like a day and then, yeah. And then the next two days after that, I just kind of took it easy. I, I didn't like shut in and everything, you know, but I just kind of took right. it easy. And then by f- Thursday of that week, it was like, or Friday of that week, I was like, eh, okay, I'm good. Well, and I so have yeah, an it's the weirdest thing. Mm-hmm. I had hypoxema, but now they're thinking I didn't because I recovered quicker than All I should have. Right. You know, mm-hmm. like my oxygen was at that level for a while, but then it kept going up, which right. um, was just a lack of breathing, just in case anyone's, you know, lack of oxygen. But anyway, Um, so my doctor literally was like, do not get this. Yeah. And you know, this is going to be really bad for you. And so every time I've been exposed, I'm like, okay, well, this is what's going to happen. 
mm-hmm. and I don't. So I'm, I just joke, I'm too hot for COVID. Yeah, there um, you go. There you go. And then people are like, you're manifesting and you're challenging it. I'm like, I don't actually think the virus is that intelligent. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, you spite me, I'm going to get you, right. you know? <laughs> Speaking of bad names, have you heard how people are calling their kids, naming them Rona? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I, I kind of wondered if that was going to be like the most popular name of late 2020, late early 21, you know, because everyone was finally shut in. But what's interesting, though, is like the divorce rate skyrocketed during Rona. And I think it's because people finally realized they couldn't stand each other, which is so sad because it's like, oh, my gosh, you're married. But it's like, yeah, we're married, but we get to spend at least 40 hours a week apart. And now Mm -hmm. we have to be together for those 40 weeks. And we just don't like each other anymore. And it was so sad. And but it is the, sad. The, the good thing is, is so many babies came out of it that, and unfortunately. Yeah, and I'm a big fan of babies. Rona. Yeah. Um, um, but you know, here's it. This is an interesting discussion because, you know, here you guy that marries people. Mm-hmm. So I always want to be like, you know, some marriage advice going in what, you know, what you say, cause you're an officiator. Right. But also, um, you know, this, this, like all of a sudden they really don't like each other. I'm wondering if really it's not just that, but that for months and years, they've just been taking each other for granted, assuming mm-hmm. not working on the relationship. Right. You know, Absolutely. Yeah. my and, husband and, one time was saying somebody was trying to get him to sign up for a marriage course. And he's like, I don't need to do that. I'm married to Lita. Right. And, you know, it's a great compliment, but you know, when I was asking like, what do you mean by that? Like, you know, it's not just that I'm like, what does that mean? And he's like, you, I always bring the problems. I'm like, this is how I felt about this. This, what did you think about that? And I'm keeping our relationship current. And it's that communication piece. Yeah. You can't just like live Mm -hmm. cohabitate with your spouse. You got to work at it. Right. Right. I kind of like to call it roommate itis, uh, where, Mm. where spouses become roommates and, and then when it's, you know, kind of that, like at the beginning of, of COVID, you know, that forced gathering was just like, oh my gosh, I don't like my roommate anymore. And, right. and it's, yeah, it, it, it became, it, for so many people, it becomes this roommate situation instead of this constant working on the relationship where the relationship is really that kind of that third person in, in right. the home, you know? And, and so, and yeah, it's, you know, the phrase, I'm going to say something that's going to irritate a ton of people. Here we go. It's my <laughs> podcast. So I can say annoying things. Um, when people just say, oh, we grew apart. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you know, especially if there's kids involved, you know, this idea of this amicable, like, you know, it's just what happened. I'm like, when, when did you realize that was a thing? And what did you do to stop it? Right. And then the other thought is when they're like getting remarried, I want to be like, but you grew apart with your last spouse. What are you going to do differently mm-hmm. in this relationship? to not fall into a, just taking the next person for granted and statistics bear out that, you know, those habits follow us. And so it's like, when I hear of someone who's getting remarried where their first spouse, they were super happy. And you know, the spouse died, which is very sad. Mm -hmm. I'm like, well, good. They know how to work a relationship, right. You know, or work in that relationship, not work it, not right. Work a relationship. That's like a manipulation, but working on a relationship Mm -hmm. is such an important you know, I mean, my husband and I, in every personality test are doomed. <laughs> we are not, our stars are not aligned. 
none of it should be working. Mm -hmm. But because God said, yes, we're a hundred percent in both of us bringing our different skills and we work and we are, if you saw him in a room and you saw me in a room, you wouldn't be like, oh, they're married. Right. You would be shocked that we're together, but it works. Mm-hmm. So great because of that work. And so that, that obviously colors everything I feel about marriage because this is the only marriage I've had, right. <laughs> you <know? laughs> um, but you know, I, I, I came from a marriage. There were people mm-hmm. that were married and I saw a lot of mutual toleration, but not working on each right. other. Right. And it would be like these worlds colliding when there was conflict. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, obviously I don't want to be like, here's all the family laundry, you know, (laughs) but, um, a breaking down of each other instead of an enhancement of each other that only can come from work. And so that's my philosophy on marriage. What do you think bear? You know, it's, it's really interesting. You know, you talked about the, the personality tests, uh, a lot of times I've seen people take those personality tests and then rely so much on them. And then, yeah, they're just like, oh my gosh, we are based on our, our personality test. We are not supposed to be together. So, and then they just like, they lean into that. Right. Uh, And I'm just like, oh my gosh, no, stop. It it gives you an idea of, of your personality and and your, your partner, your spouse's personality, but, but don't lean into that. Don't read into that. Figure out how those, those work together. You know, I, I, I won't say I often say, but as I'm thinking about it, it's one of those opportunities where you can compliment and compliment where the I okay, say that again. E. So say you, that can, again? you can compliment, you know, like give each other compliments and things like right. that, but then you can also compliment and, uh, and, and that's, you know, kind of being that, that person, you know, where I have my shortcomings, my wife can help fill in some of those gaps you know, she might have some, she has a lot less than I do, but I can fill humility in humility is also I, a yeah, great I, thing in marriage. Right. Yeah. I, I can fill in those tiny little gaps, you know, and, mm-hmm. and so it, it is, it's very, you have to compliment and compliment each other. I, I, I believe that. I love uh, and, it. I love it. That's yeah. some good marriage advice right there. And, and yeah. also, you know, when you talk about those personality tests and, and I'm a big believer in, Anytime somebody tells me I should do something, I'm like running the opposite way. I'm like, don't tell me what I should do. I'm the only one who gets to tell me what to do. Uh, but at the same time, a lot of those tests are like, well, you know, if you're this and and this person is this, then you should do this. And it's like, no, 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 no. It, it's like with movies. When I see a, a terrible movie review from all the critics, I'm like, I've got to go see that movie because I, what I have found is that when mm-hmm. critics hate a movie, I'm like, oh my gosh, that was the best movie ever. Okay. Let's go <laughs> so, there. Yeah. Let's go there because, um, I, I, I'm going to sound like a political whack job, but you know, I remember in an anthropology class that I took in college mm-hmm. and it was talking about the elements of a cult and propaganda. Mm-hmm. And so I'm looking around and I'm like, okay, we've got the Republican cult. We have the, the Trump cult. We have the Biden cult. We have the, you know, all these different groups are a different cult. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because most of my life people have accused me of being in a cult because I'm in a religion. Right. You know, mm-hmm. but um, it's not a cult by the very definition of what a cult is. But right. when you're unwilling to look at any ideas outside of this, 
that mm-hmm. is a big warning sign. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at like the, the environmental stuff as somebody who has solar panels and a hybrid car and recycles and believes in buying secondhand. Mm-hmm. I believe in taking good care of the earth, but I also don't think it's um, going to blow up. Right. And we are sacrificing our ability to be safe as a country and to feed the poorest in our country and the poorest mm-hmm. around the world because of environmental stuff. So I just kind of start looking at this and I'm like, we're literally giving up gas so people can freeze to death. Mm-hmm. That's a cult. Right. And our, 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 um, this media obsession with different sides of the political debate. And maybe it's easy for me because I'm kind of like a libertarian constitutionalist. Right. I don't right. really fit in any of them um but it's just right it's so heavy of how deep people get into this stuff and they lose their sense of self which we could take that back to marriage too right we we actually (laughs) you can absolutely absolutely we actually call them ists and, and, and anytime you have someone, you know, like an extremist or a, you know, a terrorist, whatever they right. the I like that. An ist, you know, don't be an ist. Yeah. Don't be an ist because we, we look at it and, and it's just like, yeah, it's those extremes, right? They, they go to these complete polar ends of, of whatever topic it is, you know, and, and right. That's what I love about my social media is, is I have so many people that I'm friends with on social media who are on those complete opposite ends. And I'll have one person that's just like, oh my gosh, this person is absolutely right. And I follow this person religiously. And I'm like, whoa, 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 you're becoming an ist. And then write the next person down on, on my feed. Which is will, so will glad be... you mentioned this. I'm sending you a friend request right now. Awesome. Awesome. There you go. Cause but, but you are yeah, Facebook friends. You, you see these people though. And, and it's just these, these complete ends of whatever spectrum it is. Right. And I'm like, okay, you're becoming an ist because it's an easy rabbit hole to fall down. Yeah, right. And, that's and, so and, true. Yeah. And you get that confirmation bias where if you're on, you know, you've got all these algorithms working. Right. Because a cult you, doesn't like allow to you to question. Right. Exactly. And so and you have these to me, people, my religion saying question everything. Right. Right. You and, know, and question, yeah. take it straight to the source. And that's like, what we do. We, we spend so many hours. I'll read an article and I just start researching so much about whatever it is and, and researching both sides so that I can come up with my truth. And, and, you know, my wife will be laying in bed. And, okay, and but what does my know, truth mean to you? My truth is the, the thing that I, that I look at and I say, okay, I'm going to, to wash away all of the biases okay. that are out there, which is you know, what and, truth is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and so, it, you yeah. know, sometimes my truth is used as this is what everyone that I agree with thinks mm-hmm. or what I think. Right. And so you have to accept it as your truth. Yeah. Yeah. You know, which and, is biases at the very top. I mean, that's, you know, it's like, that's, that's actually, that's your opinion, which right. you totally have. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and I look at it and it's, it's really interesting, but because I do so much research of, of both sides of an argument, if you will, mm-hmm. the, the little news button at the bottom of my page you know, where you can actually read news articles, it's filled with articles from both sides because awesome. I'm not rabbit holing into one ist or another ist. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm keeping that open mind and saying, okay, this is something I can get behind because I've looked at both sides. Yeah. But at the same time, 
I had a, a, a mentor of mine, well, gosh, 12 years ago, I went to a, a, a speech that he was giving or a talk that he was giving. And he said he had five rules because he was talking about running a business on social media. And he had five rules if you're trying to, to grow an audience and run a business. And the first one, he was like, here's the thing. If you're trying to grow a business organically, mm -hmm. don't talk about religion on your social media feeds. <laughs> in in the sense that because you were- Broke you know, that rule. Yeah, well, <laughs> it, it, but his, his point was be, because- if you start to alienate most of your core audience, it's really hard. But right. then his second rule was politics. Uh -huh. Don't come out and say, I am a proud Democrat or I am Broke a proud Republican. <laughs> <laughs> like three minutes ago. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, but, but, but what it, what it really is though, is it's, it's understanding that if you're going to just understand that you're going to alienate, you know, especially with politics, it, it seems like, there's, you know, 40% well, one side, 40% the other side, and then the 20% of us that are how, in the middle. How you present it. Exactly. If you're exactly. saying you have to agree with me, mm -hmm. that's going to alienate. But I love that um, I'm able to learn about different ways of life mm -hmm. and different perspectives because people are sharing about religion, politics, lifestyles, all that yeah. kind of stuff, yeah. that it almost gives me a snapshot into you know, their heart and their lives and mm -hmm. their experience and their pain, which, you know, increases empathy. Absolutely. Um, but it's and, how it's done. Oh yeah. And I watch so many of the ists as I call them, you know, some hot button topic will come out on the news and three days later, they're like, well, I just unfriended 38 people because I just, now I know who they really are. And I'm like, but wait a second, you unfriended them. You were friends with them for whatever reason, who knows, you know, what those reasons are, but it's like, isn't open-mindedness and tolerance what we're supposed to be about in the, in the sense yeah. that it, it doesn't mean you have to sit there and, and have arguments with, with everyone, because it's like, oh my gosh, there's not enough hours in the day. Well, it's to, interesting to argue. because um, my son was in therapy and mm -hmm. some people in the group therapy felt that my son did not have a right to voice anything. Again, this is in therapy. Mm -hmm. um, I've been pretty open on my social media about some challenges that he has gone through. And I don't share everything because it's my son's story, mm -hmm. you know, but he was not allowed to speak and have an opinion because he was a white cisgendered male. Mm -hmm. And, it's, you know, double hard that he's a very good looking young right. man. And there's a certain prejudice that people have thinking that life's just easy for people. But it's mm -hmm. like, if you're in this program, you know, you might Pri be having some challenges. Yeah, privilege kind of went out the door if you're in that what program. What a good way to say that. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you're all kind of, wouldn't that be a bonding of equality of we're all in this together? But it became so severe that he mm -hmm. was being bullied mm -hmm. and his religion made fun of mm -hmm. that it made him very vulnerable. Right. And his mommy, very angry. <laughs> um, and I went in and I said, I, I believe we live in a time where we're not allowed to make fun of different groups. Mm -hmm. And I have been learning that actually you can make fun of one group too. Mm -hmm. Right. White men, religious people. Mm -hmm. And if even better, if it's a white religious man. Right you can make fun of that group. Mm -hmm. And though I'm totally fine with some sense of humor, 
Right. And, um, you know, some friendly banter. Um, I think a lot of times, like if I go around saying I'm a really good person, Mm -hmm. I may not be as good as I think I am. Right. Right. If I go around saying I'm really tolerant, Mm -hmm. I may not be as tolerant as I think I am. Because some of those things start to get questioned, right? Well, it's, I think a lot of times we want to like, this is what I am. Like you're you're talking about going deep into these personality tests, right? Mm -hmm. Like allowing something outside of you to define you or how you making sure people see and perceive you the way you want to be seen. So here's the label I'm choosing to put on myself. Right. And you need to reinforce this label, you know, if Mm -hmm. it's, you know, religion, politics, blah, 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 where as a confidence expert, I have studied confidence for years. You can never be validated enough to be confident. Right. Full stop, period. From the outside. Absolutely. Yeah. It will never happen. There Mm -hmm. is no way to be confident from an outside source. Mm -hmm. It's impossible. And if somebody has out there the research to prove that wrong, great, because I have studied this topic extensively. Mm-hmm. You know, because there's not a PhD you can get in confidence. I didn't get to go to college for this. I've just right. given myself my own PhD and I'm Absolutely. a confidence expert. Yep. And I think that our society, this cultishness is that we have put labels on ourselves and asked other people to verify those mm-hmm. like religious people have been guilty of doing, of saying, look, I'm a good person. Right. You need, you need to accept my judgment of you because I'm a good mm-hmm. person. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I go to church on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, sadly, we all know that person, you know? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. They get around, you know? And so, you know, we don't want to, but it's funny how we become what we hate, whatever it is. And so we got to be away from those is, right? Absolutely. And and a a lot of that kind of comes in that, that idea of, you know, the law of attraction or the law of resonance, you know, whatever Mm, the case might be, because you start to rabbit hole, as I say, into the things that you don't want. That, that, you know, and you rabbit hole into those things. And so then you become an anti, you know, I'm an anti this, I'm an anti that rather than being pro something, because when you're pro something that there's that positive side, right? And so you can start to rabbit hole into the pro now be careful that you don't become an ist on your pro as well. But it's so <laughs> yeah. much easier to be an anti ist, because it just it, it, it feels good in that moment. But what ends up happening is you just start to to go further and deeper into whatever it is that you're anti. And then when something happens that you don't like, you know, and I'm a firm believer and, you know, this isn't a political statement or anything like that. But if you look back to the 2016 presidential election, there was so much media and so much just so much vitriol really against one particular candidate. Mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden that candidate became the victor in the election. And, and I truly I truly is, believe that it, yeah. it, it's because of all of the energy that was directed at that one person. And so if, if someone came in and says, I'm anti this guy, I'm anti this guy, I'm anti this guy, then all of a sudden people on their, their social media feed start looking that guy up. And then mm-hmm. they're like, oh, I can kind of get on board with what he's saying right. here. I can get on board with this, what this person well, is saying. And here. I couldn't get on board Um you know, the first time around the second time right. it wasn't a choice because I yeah. looked at the policies, um, you know, and I'm libertarian. So right. I'm always yeah. going to be like smaller government, you know, <laughs> it's always going to be, yeah. but, my, but it's, 
And it's so interesting, though, because you look at where the energy goes. And I think the media learned from 2016. Did they? And they're like, okay, well, <laughs> in, in the sense that they didn't direct so much energy toward, you know, even the, the anger and the vitriol, they didn't direct so much of it toward him. They actually started going and directing more energy. It, you know, it was it was honestly probably 80% of any mm-hmm. news article or, or, or piece that you ever saw right. was directed toward that well, one person. Where the personality was yeah. talking about Trump in case anyone yeah. didn't know, right? <laughs> Sorry, you know, but you know, he gave such hideous sound bites. Absolutely. Absolutely. And does. We're in such a gotcha society anyway. Right. right? And, um, you know, such, you know, I mean, he's a TV personality. Mm -hmm. And so it was easy. Absolutely. Easy, easy, easy. And, you know, really it's like, let's, let's take this to something useful. What are we putting out there? That's just easy. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, instead of, you know, well, um, you know, my, my spouse isn't doing X, Y, and Z for me. Well, what are you doing for your spouse? Right. You know, we just grew apart. And I always say to people when they come to me and I'd be interested in your feedback on this, but when they come to me, cause you know, I'm a makeup artist and a speaker and, you know, Mm -hmm. coach all that. Um, And when people come to me and they're wanting what I have, Mm -hmm. you know, this marriage that they're seeing on social media, which, you know, my marriage is pretty stinking awesome since social media has existed. Mm-hmm. Because social media didn't exist our first seven years, right? Where we were starving together, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and um, you know, like every marriage, we had to work, and you know, and we had times where I didn't think we were going to make it. Mm-hmm. But I always tell people, the person that's aware of the problem just picked up responsibility to fix it. Mm-hmm. But if you're sitting there going them, 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 then you're mm-hmm. walking away from marriage because it's easy, right? Right. You know, it's, it's interesting. Uh, one of my mentors, I don't know if I should say his name. He, he's a, a big six foot eight guy. He has millions and millions and millions of followers. Tony Robbins? Yeah, that's the guy. Yes. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's, I, I just didn't know if I could, could say, you know, drop out. I don't know. Name. Are they going to uh, charge us? <laughs> no, no. I, 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 think okay. gonna, I actually just spent the weekend uh, at one of his events. Um, By the way, weekend, but. front row, Tony Robbins, one of my mentors sent me to be front row Tony Robbins when I launched my speaking career and I walked on fire. But instead of saying cool moss, I said, what would I walk through fire for? Right. <laughs> I actually did the fire walk in 2017. Instead it of was, lying to awesome. myself and yeah. I chanted Nathaniel, Elsa and Caitlin. Yeah, yeah, there you go. There There's you go. a story right there. Okay. So Tony Robbins, <laughs> but, but, I mean, t- Tony actually talks about in, in relation when he's talking about relationships, you know, so often we're told by society that relationships are 50, 50. And he's like, no, they're not. They're a hundred, 100, 100, because yeah. you can't both only give 50% of who you Amen. are, you've got to give a hundred percent of yourself to that relationship. Now there are some, Amen. yeah, there are some yeah. times when someone because addiction, of, drugs, well, and, um, and any, any, yeah. Yeah, any external piece, Abuse. Yeah. they, they might drop down to 80%. And that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to bring 120% because there's no such thing. There's only a hundred percent, you know, right. when people are like, he gave 110%. No, he didn't. He gave a hundred percent. Everybody else was just giving. I've 90%. said that before. Yeah. <laughs> I'm guilty <laughs> it's, of that, it's, but you're it's, right. It's, yeah, it's an easy cliche, right? Yeah. But but at the same time, if you keep bringing one hundred percent, and the other person brings ninety, 
and then the other person brings 80, then the other person brings 70. You can't make up those gaps. You can't make up completely those gaps. Right. You, yeah. Which you is give that 100%. whole thing of what's fair is such a lie. Oh my gosh. I, <laughs> anytime somebody it's says, it's not fair. I'm like, oh I gosh. told my kids when they were little, I said, if life were fair, we'd all mm-hmm. live in a hut and I'd have the right to beat you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, because most people across the world, if you look at fairness and oh, heavens, not just throughout history of time, but just Mm -hmm. right now. Yeah. I mean, we're living where there's less poverty than there's ever been of 2019, the -hmm. pandemic and our environmentalism is taking us down because Mm -hmm. the people that are going to starve is not you and I, it's not America. Right. It's the third world. And Mm -hmm. this this, this irritates me quite a bit that people are like, look, I'm, I have solar panels. And I'm like, yeah, you offloaded your green, your greenness, you know, your global footprint to a third world country. Congratulations. Mm-hmm. And I'm sitting here with solar panels. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and that's, that's the thing is, is there has to be a balance. Yeah. There, there, there has to be a balance in the sense that the, in, in order to prevent the ism, in order to prevent yeah. yourself becoming, yeah, becoming yeah. an ist and becoming an anti and, and it's like, okay. And, and I want to actually go back when you were talking about being a good person and confidence. Uh-huh. So often we link ourselves to what we have and we identify ourselves with what we have. And, and I'll use this as an example. You can probably think of at least half a dozen friends off the top of your head who come to you and say, I'm depressed, mm-hmm. or they come to you and say, I'm anxious. And I have people come to me on a daily basis because I'm, I also do some coaching and you know, all of that stuff too, but I have people come to me and they're like, I'm depressed. I'm like, no, you're not. (laughs) You're John. You're not depressed. You have depression because if I were to come to you and say, I'm my car, you'd be like, what are you talking about? It's not your identity. It's what you have. You, right. you may have been diagnosed with something, but that is not your identity. Because when you start to to link into I am and, and you know, the I am statement, mm-hmm. then you start to feed into that and, and you're unconscious and we're not going to get into to quantum theory or anything like that. Yeah, because we could and we yeah. have on this podcast and it is a, a favorite topic. So, yeah. yeah, you know, but but that identity, it's I have depression, but I'm still bare. You know, I, right. I, but I, that's I've, going I've been... back to how we become identified by our group right? right. and how that makes us an ist mm-hmm. instead of, you know, I'm always saying, here's an idea. I know it's kind of, kind of an old crazy idea. Um, let's identify as children of God. Yeah. Because that puts us all on a level playing field of you are just as valuable as me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where whenever we get involved with group politics, Mm-hmm. The group identity, well, there has to be somebody against our group. Right. Right. And so it's very easy to have other. Mm-hmm. And that is poopiness at its it, max. It is. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And and going back to that good person piece as well, it, it's really interesting. I, I used to be a facilitator on a challenge course. So, you know, like a ropes course where you go up high and people jump off things and, you know, they're all tethered, of course. But uh, one of the things that we did is we would actually start out when anytime we had a, a large group of, you know, say employees for a company or classmates at a school or, you know, whatever the case might be, we would actually be going through some of the exercises down on the ground. And one of the things that, that one of my co-facilitators would often ask, and then I kind of adopted it was, 
who here identifies as a good person? And, <laughs> and about 50% of the crowd would, would raise their hand and we're like, okay, our metric for defining yourself as a good person is that you make decisions that apply in goodness for you, your family, your loved ones, and your community. So now who identifies as a good person? And I'll tell you, of all the groups that we ran, I, I, I'm very confident in saying, very confident in saying that 99.9% of people self-identify as good people. Now, does okay, that so mean- let me make sure I get that clear. Mm-hmm. Initially, only 50% if without it being defined. Once you right. say it's making decisions based on what's good for you in equality and love and fairness to everyone else around you, mm-hmm. 99% of people would be like, oh. Be, and, 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 and a lot of that comes from, and we would ask some of them, you know, why didn't you identify as a good person the first time? Well, you know, my parents always told me not to brag. My parents always told me not to, you know, so a lot of these things are ingrained. Or I made this mistake, I'm guessing. Right. Yeah. And and so, you know, yeah, I did something that I'm not proud of. And so that takes me out of good personhood. And so did you do that mistake on purpose? No, because then it wouldn't have been a mistake. Well, so that's, that's actually (laughs) another thing that I teach a lot of times is I'm not a big believer in mistakes. Mm -hmm. I'm a big believer in choice. And sometimes we make choices that don't benefit us. And, and that's actually kind of the follow on is 99.9% of people would identify as good people who make bad choices at times. That doesn't take away your good personhood necessarily. Right. It just means that you made a poor choice. And so and that's I'm, I'm a big believer in choice. Yeah, it is. You know, and I'm a big believer in choice. Yeah. I, you know, it, I married the wrong person. I, I made a mistake. No, you made a choice, that choice just didn't work out to your benefit. And so it's mm-hmm. easy to kind of couch it as a mistake. People change. It was a choice. They do. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. and I always, I always hate this when people are like, I never loved them. I'm like, you lied for 18 years. Right. Right. You're that good of a liar. <laughs> and, and, you know, why is I'll, this? A, I would not date someone who is that good at lying. Right. And, and I'll be honest. I, my first marriage, it failed. Mm-hmm. That you know, I failed. I'll be the first well, one to admit but, that. But the thing is, like you're just saying, it's what we do with those things. Absolutely. That and, defines if you just keep going and making the same mistake and mm-hmm. you've been married 24 times, then we might be like, you know, maybe you're not good at this. Well, and, you and, then, it's, and you then need it's to learn some things. Yeah. Then it's definitely, was it a mistake or was it just bad or choice again and again element? and again? Yeah. Yeah. The common denominator. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah. I, I get that with employees a lot. Uh, especially when I was working out on that challenge course, we would have employees and they're like, well, I worked at this place and I, and it sucked. And I worked at this place and it sucked. And I worked at this place and it sucked. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, okay, I'm noticing a common piece in here. And I'm noticing a little bit of a common denominator. Mm -hmm. Are you seeing that? What did all of those jobs suck? Or was it just not the job for you? Oh, wait a second. You know, and so then all of a sudden you see the light. I don't really want to hire someone that's going to be saying I suck later. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but at the same time, they also, you know, you don't want to hire someone that just keeps saying this place sucked and this place sucked and this place sucked right. because six months down the road, your place is going to suck. You know, and that's comes back to this really unpopular sticky thing to say, but we are responsible for we what are. is going on in our heads and what mm-hmm. we're projecting into our lives. And Maybe and, and just maybe we're meant to learn something. <laughs> we we are. And and honestly, 
it's one of those things that we absolutely cannot control 100% of the things that go on outside of us. And sometimes things happen to us. Yep. Sometimes, sometimes bad things happen to us that are not our fault. And, and there are some times that we've been victimized. Yes. That doesn't well, as mean... I always tell people, when my husband got hit by the bus, I was not driving the bus. Right, right. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and but that's the thing is, is you can be victimized, but that doesn't mean that you have to, for the rest of your life, identify as a victim. Thank you so and, much for bringing up my second book, Love yeah, Me Too. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> you know, because I've, I've had horrific things happen to me, especially in childhood. I had mm -hmm. some terrible things happen to me, but I have the responsibility to myself to choose how to respond and how to grow from those things. They, they were horrific and they were yeah. challenges, but I was able to find the tools necessary to grow from them, not repeat those cycles and then turn into the person that I am today. And I feel that all in all, I am a good person who sometimes makes bad decisions and, and sometimes makes poor decisions. And that's okay. Yeah. Because you're and, not, and, you're not perfect. And that's and, and, yeah. normal. And I, and I accept the consequences fully of those poor decisions. It doesn't yeah. mean that the world is out to get me. It just means that, oh, that was a bad choice. That was a bad move. Let me learn from it. Let me grow from it. And try not to repeat that, that same poor decision again and again and again and again. Absolutely. Okay. So here's another question. Yeah. You talked earlier about your, one of your mentors that said not to discuss on social media, if you're trying to get followers, religion or politics, since we've discussed both of those, right? what are the third, fourth and fifth? So the, the third one was actually don't discuss sports. And, oh, and he, he had yeah. a great, well, he had a great example of, of <laughs> discussing sports and he's like, here's the thing. And he was actually in, in LA when he brings up this, this example, he said, I was speaking on stage in LA and I was like, for instance, you know, the university of Southern California, USC and the university of California at Los Angeles, UCLA, they are bitter rivals. You know, I think they're like 10 miles apart and they're, they're huge rivals have been for decades and so he said on stage, he was like, because you know what, there might be a U USC fan here that says UCLA sucks. And all of a sudden in the third row, a guy goes, well, UCLA does suck. And four <laughs> seats, four seats over from that guy uh, was a UCLA fan. And he's like, no, -uh, USC sucks. And so here's these guys that are sitting four seats away from each other. And, and my mentor just lets them talk, lets them talk for a few more minutes, you know, kind of doing their thing. Uh -huh. And all of a sudden he's like, okay, guys, I'm going to stop you. But I want to thank you for that prime example of why you don't discuss sports, because right. you're going to talk about your team and how this other team sucks. Well, guess what? Some of your followers might be fans of that team that you just said sucked. So knock it off. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So what's the fourth one? So the fourth one, he actually we're talked. Safe. That yeah. I, I have nothing to discuss. I mean, I would think not to discuss sports because half your audience might just go, who cares? Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> so the, 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 the fourth thing that he talked about, and, and I thought it was really interesting and, and probably a little bit, uh, you know, again, this was 12 years ago and society's views have changed on a lot of things. And, and this is one of them, but he actually talked about no sex. And what mm -hmm. he meant by that was talking about, your family, talking about your orientation, talking about a lot of these things might turn some people off. Now, like I said, you know, it, things. Well, have I mean, I grew up in, 
as you and I grew up in the eighties, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. What year were you born? Do you mind me asking? 74. So close. 73. Okay. There you go. So we had the same childhood. Mm -hmm. I did not know that adults didn't all get along. Right. Yeah. And I did not know that Mr. Cox, how many kids he had, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't even know if he was married. I'm going to guess he was right. And he could have been married to a man. He could have been married to an octopus. I would have had no idea. Mm-hmm. And he was there to teach me how to read and write. Yeah. And he was nice to me. Mm-hmm. And that is all I knew about all the teachers. Yeah. In fact, yep. the first time I remember a teacher talking about their personal life was my comparative religions college class that I was taking in high school. Right. And he mentioned that he had a date with another teacher at the school. Right. And we were all very excited about that. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I don't think it would have been any different if he had had a date with a man. Mm -hmm. We were just, this is fun. Yeah. Yeah. But we did not know. And I just thought that was so cool. Right. But so kind of weird that they had a life outside of. And then I was like, I'm old enough to know that they have a life outside of it. Right. Right. But it didn't, it didn't enter into the discussion because it it wasn't relevant. You know, you're here, you're here to teach me this, this subject and I'm here to learn this subject. And then I'm going to move on to the next teacher next year. Right. And, and and likewise, um, you know, I have a particular religious faith that I have worked to adhere to, to use as accountability program in my life. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't know if you have the same religious faith or not, but I remember that we had a great discussion about Mm -hmm. different values Absolutely, and we connected Mm -hmm. and there was no discussion of if we were in the same club or not. Right. (laughs) And, and, and how amazing is that when you can start to have that, when you can come from that place, when you, when you drop the identities of all of the things that you identify with all of the clubs. Yeah and, yeah. and all of a sudden you can come from this authentic place of this is who I am. You get to, for yourself, determine whether or not you want to continue this conversation with me. And, right. and I get to de- decide for myself whether I want to continue the conversation with you. And, mm-hmm. and when you can come from that authentic self and that authentic who you really are, it becomes so nice because it, it, it drops all of those clubs. It drops all of those identities and it's, this is who I am. Yes. And, and it's, it's wonderful because then you're taking yourself out of that judgment, but then you're also taking yourself out of the judgment of others. And let's face it, taking yourself out of judgment of others is a really hard thing to do, oh, but, it's, but yes, it, it, yes. it's very difficult, but at the same time, it but gives it, us it the requires opportunity. constant monitoring. It does. Um, does. If you ever are, you know, I call it othering, you know, if you're ever like them, you're like, wait a minute, them is me Mm -hmm. because they are a child of God, just like I am. Right. Right. And God loves both of us equally. So where's the gap? And that's Mm -hmm. on me to figure it out because I'm the one judging. Right. And, 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 and likewise, it goes to that. and, And this is again, what we taught in the good person class, if you will, was that if I can come into a conversation with someone, especially in the workplace, you know, where we use this a lot, all of a sudden I, I might have some conflict with this person, but I can enter into the conversation saying, Hey, you know what, when we did that exercise, 
I watched that person raise their hand and they identified themselves as a good person. And I identified myself as a good person. And so we can come to that conversation from a higher level, a, a higher plane and say, mm -hmm. okay, we're both coming to this conversation. Even if it's conflict, we're coming to it with the understanding that we are both good people. Now, well, how can we take our higher selves into this conversation or into this conflict? Assuming respect for each other. Absolutely. Which is a great place to start a conversation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And and it's it's a great place because now when I start a conversation with anybody using those criteria, and yes, it was our made up criteria, but at the same time, we can say, hey, you know what? I'll bet this person can, would, would have identified using that criteria as a good person. So let's have this conversation at this higher level. And it's interesting because a lot of times, and I've had people come up to me and say, you know, have different conversations. People say, well, you believe this. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, right. whoa, whoa. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Let, here, here's an idea. Let me tell you what it is I believe. Uh -huh. yeah. And I would say 98% of the time when somebody is telling me what it is I believe, mm -hmm. they are incorrect. Right. Yep. You know? Yeah, um, those, those assumptions are, are yeah. killers. A lot they, of times. Yeah. You know, assume you uh -huh. and me, right? Yep, absolutely. So um, what's the fifth one? The fifth one was actually just be positive. Okay. It, See, it, I like it wasn't, that. yeah, it, it was more of an avoid negativity, but, but my thing is be positive, you know, cause kind of that anti and pro Look, thing. Right? We have I'm, discussed... I'm not anti negativity. I'm pro positivity. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny how that works. Uh, but yeah, just be positive. You and, can't be, um, you know, they say that in politics that people vote against uh-huh. So many. Instead of four. Uh -huh. And there is a book, I think I've re referenced it on the podcast before, but it is what lost me to party politics. Mm -hmm. Reading The Forgotten Man by Amnesty Shales. And it was about the, the um, economics of the Great Depression. I know. I'm a nerd. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else was reading Twilight and I was reading this book and it was, it literally ruined me to party politics. And mm -hmm. this would have been um, 2008 in there. Right. Um. And I had identified of both political parties, mm -hmm. you know, before I'd been one and the other and everything. Um, and it talked about how they figured out that so much better than just kind of talking badly about the other guy, the other politician is if this is in the 1920s where we're having the great depression, mm -hmm. so much more effective instead of talking badly about your, your opponent mm -hmm. is to talk badly about the group that follows them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the, the ultimate rivalry. Right. Mm -hmm. And that if you can talk badly about this group, then um, they don't have to actually do anything as a politician. Right. Yeah. And they will get reelected again and again and mm -hmm. again. And again, not trying to be political, but um, and again, I think it was 76 percent of Americans when pooled by or maybe 67. One of those mm -hmm. numbers. I swap numbers sometimes because um, I'm so visual. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, that according to Pew Research, which I think is a pretty standard, pretty reputable, that yeah. either 67 or 76 percent of Americans thought that the September 1st Biden speech was divisive. Mm -hmm. And it's like you as a, we're supposed to, I mean, Obama, Bush's, Clinton, mm -hmm. you know, whatever you feel about the different politicians, there was a certain level of dignity to the office. Right. right. And we have lost all dignity. Um, when we got a reality TV star, like him or not, right, it, right, not, he didn't handle it with a lot of dignity, mm -hmm. and we have not been able to make, maintain that. And yet, we had a president that told people, "You believe this? You're a semi-fascist." Right. That's going to go and bite 
anyone who thinks that's a good idea in the butt. Yeah. Because it's division. Well, well there, and now well, we're just going to get more and more divided. Right. And, and it it's like a marriage like, that we can't fix. Yeah. <laughs> it, it seems like, honestly, it the presidency was that kind of that last great vestige of protection, right? Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, the presidential candidate would go up and say, this is what I'm planning to do. This is what my administration will do to fix whatever wrongs are right, right. in the country right now. And, and yeah. it was always that, that kind of that last great visage of, uh, or vestige of, of protection. And, you know, and, um, Senate and, you know, um, yeah, Congress, the, the you know, they'll bash the other groups they, and stuff. They and they're, they're yeah. like in the, the pit, but the president uh-huh. was kind of that, that, like you said, that, that dignified office. Right. Yeah. And, and it's interesting, you know, here we are, the, nearing the end of September and we've got six weeks until the midterm elections. Right. Mm-hmm. And, and if you start to really watch these, these lower level and, you know, representatives and Senate, you know, in Congress and Senate and, 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 and all of that, you're, you're going to see exactly what you were talking about. The fact that we haven't learned in a hundred years. 200. When, yeah. Well, but from yeah, when yeah, this book was written, yeah. yeah. You yeah. Know, and, and well, the, the book, book written... the book was written in hindsight, but it was commenting right. on basically how the division made the economic problems worse, worse of the Great absolutely. Depression, and Europe was actually getting out of the de- the depression. We were not. The only thing that got us out was the war. The war, right? Which Europe had already been in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, but they had gotten out of it much quicker because they had they didn't have progressive policies, and here we are a hundred years later. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to outspend inflation. Yeah, yeah, and 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 it's interesting because yeah, and I was gonna... horrified how much money Bush spent. Horrified, right. mm-hmm. like, and he evidently was a penny pincher and compared to every president that has followed since. Right. Yeah. And it's... Trump gave lip service to cutting money, but I I personally when... haven't looked into if if he did spend less in practice or once once COVID hit everything just right. was was gone because it's how many trillions of dollars can we throw at, at this problem and it's like okay but where are you getting those trillions of dollars oh you're pulling them out of thin air well what's that going to do two yeah, years from the now? federal what's reserve five ten money. years from now yeah and yeah. and who does that hurt the poorest people i mean well, like it, it hurts our I'm, grandkids well I, yeah i mean but like right now <laughs> oh absolutely um, i don't like paying you know 8.6 percent more they say you know inflation is Mm-hmm. But, you know, I can absorb that. Yeah. I'm yeah. also paying over 40% in taxes. Right. You know? Um, mm-hmm. hmm. Well, and, um, and our, our senior citizens, you know, who are right. on that but fixed income. But people on a fixed income, yeah. people that were us, mm-hmm. I mean, where yeah. I was having to count as I put the food items on the conveyor. Oh, and, and doing math in my head. Yeah. You know, I'm I, like, I, yeah, I think totally. I still to this day am just like, I can't believe I don't have to do math. Yeah, yeah, and if I'm under three hundred dollars at Costco, I'm like, well, look at me, you're right, you're a victory. Right. Uh, <laughs> I, but, I was in. It's kind of funny. I was in Redding, California. Gosh, twenty years ago, probably uh-huh. at, a, at a Costco, and they actually had shirts hanging up that people could buy. I think the shirts were like fifteen dollars, but it was I got out of Costco for less than a hundred dollars. <laughs> I 
joke with people oh, and absolutely. they only have like two items. I'm like, are you allowed to only spend, like, yeah. are you allowed to spend less than a hundred here? <laughs> there, there's a reason they don't have express lanes at Costco. Actually, they might now. I haven't been to a Costco in a while, but they yeah. have some self, they have some self checkout. Right. You there know? you go. Yeah. Um, the, anyway, sorry. I, I go to Costco totally a lot, tangent. clearly, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting how once we other, we forget the people that we say we're trying to help mm-hmm. in politics in a marriage, mm-hmm. in life, it's so easy to get so focused on ourselves mm-hmm. that not only do we lose ourselves, but we lose our fellow man. Right. And, and conversely, it's so easy to, to work outside of ourselves that we forget to work on ourselves. Yeah. You know, and, and so it's, and that was key. What you said, work on yourself. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a very different thing very mm-hmm. different thing than what you know, somebody might hear. Like, I got to work for me. I got to right. take care of me. Right. Um, right. It's working on yourself. On yourself. Yeah. Who yeah. Who do you want to be tomorrow? Who Who are you, you know, competition, the idea of competition. I'm, I'm a very competitive person outside of myself. I, I've been, no, I'll, I'll say I have been known to be very competitive, but my form of competition now is, am I better today than I was yesterday? Mm-hmm. Am I better this week as a person than I was last week? Am yeah. I a better person this month than I was last month? That's the competition that that I look at today is who am I becoming? Who was I? Who am I becoming? And is that a better version of myself than I was in the past? And if and- I can answer in the affirmative, then I know I'm on and, the right track. And here's what's so key about that from the confidence expert, right? Mm-hmm. Is that true confidence or happiness, if you want to put that thing on it, mm-hmm. is that if we respect ourselves. Yeah. And when we go and pursue to go find confidence, go pursue to find happiness, mm-hmm. then really we have to dig in and do the work inside. Right. Working right. on ourselves mm-hmm. and come what may to how others perceive that, mm-hmm. right? Because, you know, in our world of social media, we're supposed to just oh be perfect gosh. all the time. Yeah. So I go out of my way to, you know, to, to be real. Yeah. And people are like, you're so great. And I'm like, no, I'm just real. Right. Right. Well, I'm be, not be, great. We're, we're I'm just so, a normal person. Yeah. We're so often seeking that external validation. Right. And, and it's easy. I, I'm guilty of it. I, when I first got my, my social media accounts, back in, oh gosh, I think it said I was a member since 2008 or something like that now. Oh, you were before me. 14 years ago, you know, maybe 2000. Anyway, my thing was when I started writing posts, when I started writing my own posts, because in in the beginning, I would just share quotes. I'm like, Uh okay, here's the quote of the day. Here's the quote of the day. And and when I started writing my own posts and and creating my own content, uh, my whole thing was, if I don't get 10 likes on this post, I will feel like this post is a failure. And, and, and it was like, Oh my gosh. But interestingly enough, and like I said, I I attended an event, a three-day event just this last weekend with, with Tony Tony Robbins. Robbins. Yeah. Yeah. And and a few others. But one of the interesting things was I was very fortunate. I got called on to be in what they called the hot seat. And, you know, so there's these thousands of people and it was a goal of mine from 10 years ago to speak in front of 10,000 people. And there were like 15,000 plus on this thing. It was so yeah. cool anyway. Um, but I, I had people who have messaged me since then. And they're like, Oh my gosh, I wrote a post and 
nobody interacted with the post. And so I took it down and I'm like, no, 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 no. Keep it up because that number one, after an event like that, the, the pages that you post on are just flooded. And so it, it's very easy to get lost in all of the, the noise right, and all of right. the mess that's going on. But I'm like, no, keep it up because just because you're not receiving that validation, how hard was it for you to step outside of your comfort zone to write that post to begin with? Absolutely. So you, you, you don't want to invalidate yourself by taking that post down. Keep yourself valid because you're the one that did the work. You're the one who, who pushed yourself outside of that comfort zone. You're the one who, who forced yourself in a good way to do something that you wouldn't have otherwise done right. in, in an effort to better yourself in an effort for whatever it is that you're looking for and, and whatever it is that you're looking to become. Well, it's like working out. The first yeah. time you work out, you're not going to get, you the know, bod. right. Yeah. It yeah. takes, I have been working out with intention, mm -hmm. you know, like I'm like making sure click the box twice a week. Right. Right. Um, since 2020, mm -hmm. um, I had a cancer scare. It was kind of a wake up call, you know? Right. And I am just now like two weeks ago, I was like, Oh, look at your legs are back. There yeah. they are. Exactly. You know, I, I mean, that's two and mm -hmm. a half years. Right. That I have been very, and it wasn't like I wasn't working out at all before. Right. Mm -hmm. I just wasn't working out with the consistency with where I'm yeah. like, you know, once I'm one of those that once I decide to do something, you know, like mm -hmm. I'm on 180 days or something of being on Duolingo, right, you know, right. like oh, every yeah. single day, like I'll mm -hmm. be like, you know, do it. Yeah. Um, but don't try to make me do something right. every day. Cause then I'll be like, I don't want to do it. Yeah. You don't, know? don't tell me what I need to do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I do like that. Um, you know, the competition with myself, yeah. but we're, you know, almost three years of intentional mm -hmm. workouts to yeah. just finally look down and look at my legs and go, and you're back. Right. Right. <laughs> I, I used to, I, so I, I did a weight loss challenge. It was a local weight loss challenge back uh -huh. in 2011. And in six months, I lost 112 and a half pounds. Wow. Uh, not, not sustainable. I, I don't recommend oh, okay. it. Just, well. just putting it out there right now. But I ended up, be, you know, my competitive nature took over and I ended up winning this weight loss challenge. So super cool. Yeah. With a hundred pound weight loss, I feel like yeah. that should, that's a win. <laughs> right. That's a win. The, the, but what was the, the coolest thing about it though, is the next year I got invited to come back as the spokesperson for that particular challenge. And, and I was able to create some goal setting workshops that I did for folks, you know, and, but one of the biggest things that I taught people was you cannot expect overnight results because if you do, you're, you're number one, you're setting yourself up for failure. Right. But the other thing to remember is if you're wanting to lose 25 pounds, if you're wanting to lose 50 pounds, you know, it, it's one of those things that how long did it take you to put that weight on that you're trying to lose? If it mm -hmm. took years to do it, it might not take years to take it off, but you have to give yourself a little bit of credit. You have to give yourself yeah. a, a little bit of an edge well, when you're thinking about it. Yeah. You know, we yeah. say it took nine months, which is really actually closer to 10. To 10, right, right. I joke there was a survey that was done back with Adam and Eve, and Eve was like, I'm willing to do nine months. Right, right. And, Adam's and then like, Adam was like, yeah, 40 weeks, we'll call it good. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, anyway. And, um, and we'll just change the calendar and call it good. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so anyway, you know, it took nine months up mm -hmm. and you shouldn't really get discouraged until nine months down. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and so it's, it's one of those things and, and it's 
programming your mind, right? Programming your brain to say, Hey, give, give yourself a little bit of grace, give yourself a little bit of leniency that, that you're, you're on track. You know, I've read the studies that, you know, for every pound that you carry around, every time you take a step, I used to actually say every step you take, and then I'd be like, every move you make. But anyway, I like that. That um, makes yeah. me happy. Yeah. <laughs> but but really for for every every step that you do take, you're putting four pounds per square inch of pressure on for every pound of body weight that you're carrying. Yep. And yep. so when people would come to me and they're like, oh my gosh, Bear, I've only lost five pounds. I'm like, oh my gosh, that is amazing. Great job. And they're like, but it's only five pounds. I'm like, no, 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 no. It's 20 pounds per square inch of pressure that you have now yep. taken off your joints when you take a step. So yep. celebrate that thing. And, and that's our other, that's the other thing too, is it is so hard for people to celebrate the, even the small things. It's like, well, I haven't made my goal yet, or I haven't met my goal yet. Okay. Well, what's the date that you put on your goal? Well, it's not for another six months. Okay. Then, then that's <laughs> fine. But, but at the same time, you know, there are many t-shirts out there that, that talk about, you know, when, when it comes to goal setting, Okay, so you set a six month goal for yourself, and you wanted to lose, say, 30 pounds in those six months, right? And you, in your words, only lost 15. Okay, well, number one, is your is your goal any different? Well, no, I still want to lose 30 pounds or, you know, 15 more pounds. Okay, so now you just change the deadline. You don't change the goal. You, you still want to lose the 30 pounds. Right now, right now, you just get the opportunity to extend that deadline. That's so the, good. That's yeah. so good. Yeah. And because we, we, it's that idea of perfection now. Right. Oh my gosh. And it doesn't it, happen instantly. It's, it, it's the Veruca salt effect, right? It, you know, and Charlie, I don't know, know what the Veruca salt so, is. So in Charlie and the chocolate factory or Willy Wonka oh, and the oh, chocolate right. factory, Got it. you okay. have Veruca salt and she was like, I want it now. I'm right? like, I'm familiar with Gyoth. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, you were making a pop culture reference. Right, My right. producer now will be laughing because I'm terrible at pop yeah. culture but, but Veruca Salt, this character, was right. just like, I want it now. I want it now. And and so anytime I hear someone say, I want it now, I'm like, okay, Veruca Salt. But, uh-huh. but it, it becomes that, right? But it's like, no, give yourself that grace. Give yourself that, that break that says, hey, you know what? I can extend the deadline. Doesn't mean that I'm changing the goal. It's just changing the date that I that I want to have it done. And and the, the other thing is, is if you spent six months and you lost 15 pounds, which is amazing, and you wanted to lose 30, if you didn't lose it as fast as you thought, okay, now you have an opportunity to say, hey, I found some things that didn't work. Let me do less of those things. And I also found some things that did work. Let me do more of those things. As and when you start to do that, things yeah. that didn't work, you know what my mouth did? What's that? Brownies. Yeah. Like I literally <laughs> had a, a mouth water for brownies. And so right, I right. mind, like, aren't you glad you're not eating those brownies downstairs? And I was like, yeah. yes, yes, sort of, <laughs> yeah. but, but no, it's, 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 I, I, I counsel people on that so much. That's it's like, so okay, good because yeah, you yeah, found the things that didn't work. It's celebrating celebrate. the process yeah. of becoming yeah. And we never arrive. Mm-hmm. We're Absolutely. all becoming. Okay. We could talk forever, clearly bear, because oh gosh, when we yeah. met, we talked like, um, you know, as a speaker and I was talking to other people, but you and your cute wife were just there. And, you know, we just kept talking and I talked right. to other people and then, you know, cause when I first showed up, you know, nobody wants to talk to this, you cause they don't know who you are. Right. Right. 
but you still talk to me even after everyone else wanted to talk well, to me. That's, and that's because I didn't know anybody else there. And after. I, I didn't, I didn't know who anybody else was. Cause that was my first time going to one of those events. And so it was uh -huh. actually super easy. I was like, Oh, let me go talk to the speaker. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. There you awesome. go. Yeah. I just thought you were talking to me because I was nice, you know? <laughs> well, absolutely. <laughs> and I, yes. I'm like, just make sure you validate me. <laughs> so I love that we, um, out of the five, no talk, no, no topics that mm -hmm. we're not supposed to talk on. We talked, um, pretty much about four of them. Yeah. Because we're positive. You know? And so, yeah, yeah, we, we definitely got on that. So yeah. we're just, we're just willing to, you know, be positive and talk about sex and religion and politics and not really about sports, but you could, yeah. you could, I, you know, I, it's been a long time, unless we're talking NASCAR, then, then I've, um, I've got nothing. NASCAR. So yeah. Yeah. There NASCAR. we go. Yeah. Yeah. That's I'm, I'm just not a sports person, but yeah. I, it's okay. I love that. My husband loves some sports without too much, you mm -hmm. know? Yep but I do think he's the perfect man. So you thank you for the marriage advice. Thank you for um, the, I, I'm going to, I'm going to encapsulate this one as a discussion on identity. Does that sound good? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, Cause I just feel like this was really going into what could really make you happy in life. Um, and you gave some great meat about being okay with it, taking some time yeah, because for, sure. for most of us, we have our whole life. Mm -hmm. <laughs> some yeah. of us have, 90 100 years some of us sadly only get um maybe some years mm -hmm. right but yeah. each day is a gift Absolutely. to learn and grow and become more so thank you bear bangs <laughs> i don't know why i want to do that so much but i did for being on <laughs> this episode of share your hotness The Share Your Hotness podcast is produced by Van Garrett Media. Lita Green is the host and creator of the podcast. Chris Van Garrett is the editor, producer, and music director. Shayla Dawn is our research coordinator. Join us next week for another episode of the Share Your Hotness podcast. Thanks for listening. This podcast produced by Van Garrett Media.